Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Life in God's Kingdom, preached June the 23rd, 2012, at Sugar Pine Point, South Lake Tahoe. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Hard preaching and make soft hearts. It is the truth that is preached. Uh, this means Holy Spirit, a man who is not lazy, a praying man, a studying man, doesn't believe in psychology or this or that. And today I'm going to preach to you Romans 14, 13 through 23. And I'm going to speak to you life of the kingdom of God. Kingdom life, you see. It tells you what Christian life is all about. Romans 1.21 says the people of the world are thankless. And I said yesterday, thankless, hopeless, worthless, godless, graceless. That's what it is. With all that charm, that's what people are. They are nothing and less than nothing. So, life in God's kingdom. In Romans 14, 13 through 23, we are instructed concerning life in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is where King, our Lord Jesus Christ, rules his obedient subjects for their everlasting blessing and for God's eternal glory. The unbelieving Jews refused to believe in their promised Messiah, the Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David, the son of God. So Jesus replied to them, Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruits. And what do you think the fruits of the kingdom of God is? Obedience to the will of God. That's what it is, sir. Obedience to the Lord. The kingdom of God consists of people who are characterized by the obedience of faith that he spoke about in chapter 1, verse 5. The people of God are born of the Holy Spirit. They have repented of their sins and confessed in saving faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I said they have become born slaves whose ears have been pierced by the master and so you read in Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 17 that your slave you let your slave go and he refuses to go and and says I love my master and I don't want to go I want to be your slave for life then take an owl and push it through his earlobe into the door. 
and he will become your servant for life and do the same for your made servant. They are known for their undying love for their master who died to save them from their sins. The people of the kingdom of God are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They are taught in the scriptures by the Holy Spirit. They are led by the Holy Spirit. And we are told into their hearts the Holy Spirit has poured out love in abundance to fulfill the law of love that we are to love the Lord with all our heart. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yours. That's the law of love. And that's the law of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God, friends, is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit grows in plenty. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, answer, self-control. Young man, do you have discipline, self-control? Young woman, do you have self-control? Self-control is Holy Spirit controlling your life. In your going and coming and eating and drinking in your work, you are controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. The kingdom of God is where God's power manifests in the task of witness bearing to the saving work of Jesus Christ. To bear witness to Christ to the whole world. As I said before, the church is God's family, and in the church, in God's kingdom, that is, there are children, fathers, and young men, and women, and mothers. And in this family, there are weak and strong people, and there are sick people. There are those who could eat only what grows in the ground. And there are those who eat meat and drink wine, it says. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. But there is no problem. Everyone walks in love and faith and wisdom and light and in the spirit. And we care for the weak. We love them and bear with them and teach them until they grow up into adulthood. The strong are not to cause the weak to stumble and fall. They are not to distress or cause them to grieve by wounding their weak conscience. The strong, of course, are correct in their understanding. That Christ has abrogated the ceremonial laws. And therefore a Christian is free to enjoy maximum freedom. In this non-essential matter of eating and drinking and so on. 
Yet life in the kingdom calls for the strong to act in love toward his weak brothers. The weak is not yet free to eat meat offered to idols and sold in the marketplace. They believe that meat is offered to idols. Therefore, it is impure. He does not yet know all food is clean and pure because God created all things. And thanksgiving to God sanctifies the food. Evil is in the human heart. So St. Paul said, Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. But the food is unclean and impure only to the weak brother who considers it so because of his lack of gospel understanding. So it will be wrong for the strong to eat meat and drink wine in the presence of a weak brother. He should not thus cause his brother to stumble and fall. He should not thus cause his weak brother to stumble and fall. He should not thus grieve him, destroy him, or tear him down. He is God's child. He is built into the temple of God. He, though weak in his conscience now, he is made a living stone and is part of the rising temple of God in which God himself dwells by his spirit. He is weak in his conscience and lacks certain knowledge about food and drink. But God loved him and God's son died for him to save him. If Jesus Christ loved him and died for his salvation, the strong brothers and sisters ought to love him and make a little sacrifice with reference to food and drink. Kingdom of God, we are told, is not food and drink. In other words, it is not a physical thing. Kingdom of God, on the other hand, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the kingdom of God is spiritual. The church is spiritual. It has to do with the work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, no one is part of God's kingdom, God's church, unless that person is born of the Holy Spirit. The Father seeks such people who worship him in spirit and in truth. Kingdom of God is righteousness. This means ethical behavior. Righteousness means you do what is right. As justified people of God by the imputation of Christ's righteousness, the people of God live a righteous life. We are saved to serve the Lord in righteousness. People of the kingdom of God do not practice anomia, lawlessness. That's why when you see a person in the church 
practicing lawlessness, you notice that he is not born of God. And on the last day, the Lord will say to him, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The people of the kingdom of God keeps God's moral law by the Holy Spirit's power. You were a thief, but no longer. Now you walk and give to the needy. One was a drunkard. He is no longer a drunkard. He has become the new John. The old John was a thief and a drunkard. But now he is a new John. A thief and a drunkard and an adulterer are not citizens of the kingdom of God. Mr. Perry, read First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The believers in Jesus Christ have been made alive by the Holy Spirit. I say they are given a new heart, a new mind, a new will, new affections. That person is a new creation. And he is the citizen of the kingdom of God and therefore a member of God's church. They are God's new creation created in Christ Jesus unto kingdom obedience. So believers do righteousness. Get used to that phrase. Do righteousness. They obey God's moral law. God's moral law, sir, which says in Deuteronomy 6.18, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you and you may go in and take over the good land that the Lord promised on earth to your forefathers. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight that is revealed to us in the Holy Scriptures. Deuteronomy 10. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to do the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good, sir. Micah 6 and verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 23, 23, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! But you have neglected the more important matters, Christ's peacemaking and enmity-destroying death on the cross. We live in peace 
with God's people, whether they are weak or strong. Let me read to you Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. For he himself, what's sir, is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. He made peace. So we live in peace toward God and what sir? Toward one another. Life in the kingdom is also joy. Created in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we rejoice even in tribulations also. We rejoice in our sufferings. So we read Paul and Silas who had been beaten and put in prison in chains, prison in Philippi. But at midnight the Holy Spirit enabled them to pray and sing hymns to God. St. Paul wrote to the Philippians from his prison in Rome exhorting them rejoice in the Lord always I say rejoice this is the kingdom life this is the kingdom joy so those who are citizens of the kingdom of God meaning members of God's holy church are counseled by the apostle who himself is a strong believer That all believers weak and strong must serve Jesus Christ in terms of the life of the kingdom of God. Food and drink are trivialities. They are not the kingdom of God. So he told St. Paul, told us in 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 8. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse. If we do not eat. Did you know that sir? Some people think we are worse if we do not try it for some time. Food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat. And no better if we do. Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking. And Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Have you fasted 40 days and 40 nights? And he said in 1 Corinthians 8 verse 13. Therefore if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin. I will never eat meat again. So that I will not cause him to fall. And in this chapter verse 21. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else. That will cause your brother to fall. So, friends, live the life of the kingdom of God. Practice righteousness. What is righteousness? Doing what is right. 
doing what God has told us, doing what the father said, doing what the pastor said, not arguing, do all things without arguing or complaining. When I see somebody arguing and complaining, I know the person doesn't have the Holy Ghost. And the person doesn't have any grace. The person is arrogant. The person never bent his knees before God and asked God to give you grace. So live the life of the kingdom of God. Practice righteousness. Live in peace and rejoice in the Holy Spirit. Walk in the love of God. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are Christians, if you love one another. 1 Corinthians 10.24, nobody should seek his own good. That's the old life. That's the former life. That's old John. Nobody should seek his own good, but good of others. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and so on. He who walks in love seeks the welfare of the weak at his own expense. The strong sacrifices for the weak. The strong lives to please God and to please the weak. The one who serves Christ in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is pleasing to God and approved by men, the text says. In the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ rules his people. So verse 14, verse 9, we read already for this very reason, Christ died and lives again so that he might rule the Greek text. He might rule both the dead and the living saints of God. Friends, we don't like anybody telling us anything. We are free people, independent, doing what we want. No, sir. Jesus Christ rules us, his very obedient slaves. You read in the Greek text, Romans 1 and verse 1, it begins this way, Paulus doulos Christuesu, Paul, slave of Christ Jesus. And if he was slave of Christ Jesus, we are slaves of Christ Jesus. And our will is the will of Jesus Christ. Our mind thinks the thoughts of Jesus Christ. Our affection has to do with what Jesus Christ loves. We are to live to the Lord. Tokurio, dative of what, sir? Advantage. We are not to live to our advantage, to our glory, to our faith. We live to the Lord we are to live to the Lord's glory when we walk in love toward our weak brothers we live for God's glory then we are pleasing to God and to our brother we seek not to please ourselves that's old life 
but we live to please God and his people. Why do people divorce? They cannot get along. Two people cannot get along. You are divorcing because you are not Christians. You are phony, baloney, fake. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, and so on. We are servants of Christ and his people. When we walk in love, we do not insist on what? Our ways of doing things. We do not major in food and drink. We major in weightier matters of the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You husband serve your wife, and you wife serve your husband. You are not going to divorce. It will not happen. But when you insist on your own ways, then there will be divorce. St. Paul lived in love toward his weak brothers without grieving them, without putting stumbling block before them, without destroying them, and without tearing down the work of God. He did not, what, sir, please himself. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. We read this before, but we will do it again. How did St. Paul get along with people? Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. And 1 Corinthians 10, 32 and 33, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. For I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. And then he says, follow me as I follow the Lord. When we live the life of the kingdom of God, when we live in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, we pursue with a passion, with a great personal effort, seeking the ways of peace, not fights. And when we seek the ways of peace, and the Holy Spirit will tell you which are the ways of peace. So we pursue with a passion, with great personal effort, also seeking the ways of building up, edifying our brothers and our sisters, especially those who are weak. They need edification. They need to be strengthened. Friends, we love our brothers. We refuse to please ourselves. So we limit the enjoyment of our own what? Freedom. We have freedom. I have a lot of freedom. 
But I also have the freedom to limit my freedom. The weak brother doesn't have it. He doesn't have the freedom. He can only eat vegetables. And we pray for the spiritual growth of our weak brothers. We teach the word of God to our weak brothers. That they may come to greater knowledge of the scriptures and become strong in his convictions so that he can enjoy maximum Christian liberty with a conscience governed by the scriptures. We refuse to follow the Jiminy Cricket's rule. You know what Jiminy Cricket's rules are? Always let your conscience be your guide. It sounds pretty good, but it is wrong. We follow Martin Luther's rule. And what is the rule? My conscience is held captive to the word of God. To go against it is neither right nor safe. Well, one's conscience can be weak, defiled, corrupt, good or dead, seared. The conscience of a Christian can be weak. Those who enjoy cannibalism, they have no problem with their conscience. They go and kill people and eat them. So Jiminy Cricket's rule doesn't work in that situation. Our conscience, even the conscience of a Christian can be weak or strong. Our conscience needs to be adjusted by the word of God, which alone is our authority. Yet a Christian should not violate his conscience and sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin, we are told in this chapter, verse 23. One must constantly study the scriptures so that our conscience adjusts itself to the teaching of God's word. That's why in this church we preach. And teach and counsel. All based on what the scripture is saying. The apostle is not asking the strong to become weak. Did you notice that sir? The apostle is not asking the strong to become weak. And be like his weak brothers. Eating only vegetables. But that's not what he is asking. The strong is right in his understanding. Paul stands with them. The strong must not abandon his convictions, but he must not cause the weak to stumble. Paul calls the strong makarios. What does that mean, sir? Blessed. He does not so address the weak. The weak are not to demand all believers to be like him. Weak vegetarians. (laughs) That's what some people do. They say if you really love me. Be a vegetarian. The weak must become strong. And not strong become weak. According to this passage. Blessed is the man who can enjoy. All the freedoms. Christ has achieved for him. Yet it is important. That we subordinate. The matters of our stomach. To the spiritual eternal matters of the kingdom of God. Which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let us live in unity in God's church. And we read in 133rd Psalm. How good 
and pleasant it is when brothers, when husband and wives, when parents and children, when brothers and sisters live together in unity. Love, peace, righteousness, joy. For, because, there and only there, the Lord of the church bestows his blessing. And what is that blessing? Even life forever and ever and ever. So let us not judge, despise, cause to stumble, give, destroy, or tear down the work of God. 1 Corinthians 3.17 If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. And I say to you, if you destroy God's church in any way, the one who will destroy you is Jesus Christ himself. Be warned about it. And he will do it. We are all God's family. People from Japan and China and Panama and India, the Philippines, Bolivia, South Korea, Mexico, Brazil, Europe, Ukraine, and so on. All those people are right here. God's family. We are all related to God, our Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and older brother. And we are related to one another, weak and strong brothers. So let us walk in love as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Let us live the life of the kingdom of God. What is that? Living a righteous life. A life of spiritual harmony and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let us be obedient citizens of Christ's kingdom. That's what the church is. Serving Christ and pleasing our Father. Let us pursue with all our strength things promoting peace in the family and things producing edification. Christ is building his church and let us build with him. For he says, for we are God's fellow workers. Fellow workers. Isn't that a wonderful dignity God has given us? He said, I'll build my church, but I will utilize you too to work with me. There is no greater dignity than that. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Second Corinthians 6, 1 asks God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. What a dignity. We are working together with Jesus Christ in the building of the kingdom of God. You recently read, and I was surprised at this verse, Judges 5:23. Curse Meros, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because the people did not help the Lord, it says. Did you read that? Because they did not come to help the Lord. To help the Lord against the mighty. Thank God for this great call. To help the Lord in the work that he is doing. 
which is, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let us receive into our heart all those whom God received to himself. We refuse to discriminate. We don't have color guards. What did the color guards do? They told people with color. That means me. I have color. Did you notice that? And so they are out there, out there, and they are watching people coming. And when they see some people coming boldly to the church, they'll go out and say, hi, what's your name? And what what are you doing here? I'm going to church. Well, the truth is that this is a good church, but there is a church where you will be happier more comfortable down there. That is not paying attention to the teaching of this text. Let us receive into our heart all those whom God received to himself. Let us receive all for whom Christ died. Let us receive all who are born of God and all those who already without your permission, entered the kingdom of God. (laughs) Let's pay attention to Colossians 1, where we read, let us give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. Thank God for what God has done on the basis of his own initiative. He came and sought us and found us rebels who were under the wrath of God, prodigals. And he found us, the Zacchaeus, the prostitutes, Mary Magdalene from whom he drove out seven demons, and the other guy unnamed from whom he drove out legion, about 2,000 demons. It's just amazing what God has done for you and for me. And therefore, let us embrace each other. Let's love one another. How pleasant it is for what, sir? Brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity there. God has bestowed a blessing, even what, sir? Life forevermore. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. We pray that you help us to pay heed to what we heard and help us to live the life of the kingdom which is righteousness that is doing what is right. Peace, living in harmony with God and with one another. And joy created within us by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.